Welcome to Data for Future. Today we have Hago here with us, who was a previous colleague of mine at Global. And Hago is working as the data manager at Global at the moment, in which he manages a team of data scientists, analysts, and BI engineers. And they work in parallel with product team and engineer team to deliver impactful features for our, the customer app that we use day to day. Uh, which is global. And meanwhile, he's also a lecturer for the school Big Data to teach behavior analytics. But that's not the whole picture. Before that, he was also an entrepreneur who founded the app CinePass, which is a company app for cinema lovers. And it reached over 500K monthly active users in Latin. So today it's very exciting to have Tavo at the show to introduce about his journey going from entrepreneur, business-oriented role into analytics and finally into his position of managing a data team. Welcome to the show, Tavo. Thanks. Thanks, Tammy. Uh, well, thank you for, for inviting me, for having me over. Um, nice introduction, by the way, I think I I couldn't, couldn't have done it better. So yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me. Super excited to talk. Thanks. So to start with, why don't you give a brief introduction of your journey, your roadmap from your entrepreneur to yeah. teaching to leading? Yeah. Um, yeah, so, well, I, I, I think I started in the world, I mean, I, I've always liked technology. And uh, at the beginning when on university, I was like, thinking about, um, I, I, I liked a lot the internet, of course, like any any kind of millennial, let's say in my area, like very fascinated by, by networks and protocols of communication. So I studied telecommunications and a bit networking, but then I realized that software was the most creative area uh, of, of technology where you can really create stuff on your own, right? And so I went, I went a little bit there because I had a formation in the university and then, yeah, I end up, uh, we end up coding this app, uh, which is Cinepaz and, and because, I mean, to, to solve our own problems because uh, back, back in Ecuador, we were like, I, I'm a big cinema uh, fan. So mm -hmm. we would always go to, to the movies and then we, it was really like a struggle to find uh, us um, uh, and compare show times and, and buy tickets in many different websites. So we decided to build this aggregator. I think it's very hard to build a startup in, 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 in LATAM. Um, and it's also very, because it's a fragmented market. So Ecuador is a, is a small is a small country. So it was it was hard to gain traction, but users loved us. And, and we managed to, to, to scale it uh, in a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of the scale, but then of course, I mean, you reach to a point where the business model needs to scale enough for it to be profitable and the access to capital was was very limited so i mean we we, we decided to to say um drop the project we kind of sold uh, a part of it and in the end we kind of didn't make much money but we learned a lot with my partners right and then so from there i was like okay what's the next step for me i realized i mean i i had a very good business uh sense because of of what i had to do in cinepa so i was coding a bit uh the app but I also engaged with clients. I was also doing commercial top sales. So I, I like this, this part of me like was, uh, was uh, I saw that I had this skill. So that's when data was like the thing for me to, to focus on next. And then, yeah, I came and came here to study Madrid. Uh, I did a master's and, and yeah, that, that kind of like was the perfect fit for me because it's a bridge between technology and, and business, which 
uh, I think I, I I have that that intersection. So um, yeah, then then yeah, global came along. Uh, I think it was an opportunity, and and it's been a rocket of growth and and transformation for me from individual contributor to manager. And yeah, I mean, still learning a lot uh, in this space. Awesome. So your official interaction with data actually start with global, right? You after your master right. is where your playground really is. How was your journey? Yeah. Like you said, from an individual contributor to leading the team. How did you yeah. figure out what's your passion and what's your area of expertise interest? Yeah. Um, so I think it was my background as an entrepreneur that kind of um, allowed me to see the bigger picture sometimes uh, and ask like ask the right questions in the audiences in uh, like working and and yeah I enjoy I enjoy a lot actually I miss coding and, and analyzing myself a lot and I do it from time to time to don't 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 uh, lose that but but because I, I kind of was seeing the bigger picture and, and thinking about like uh, strategy a bit long longer term um, that was, uh, I think it was a path, like the natural path for me and it kind of came naturally. Um, and yeah, I think I was like six months as a, a individual contributor where I, uh, I learned a lot about experimentation. So that's kind of what I think one of the areas where data science is probably is an intersection, let's say between a data analyst and a data scientist, but I think it's experimentation and causal inference, for example, is one of those areas where there's a huge potential and that really is the core of a lot of business decisions, right? So, mm -hmm. uh, because eventually any business decision wants to like know what is the causality of the, the, the efforts or, or the project. So um, I really like that, that part. And, and yeah, um, I started basically building a team. It was like just another analyst and me uh, back there and he was a lot more like technical and very very good technical very on the details and I was a bit more high level um, a bit more longer longer term vision so that's why I, I started to take a more managerial role okay and that is very relevant from what I want to ask you next is for your current team as your background you you're technical and you know analytics you do coding but is not nothing comparing to like a scientific background who transition into data science and then they have substantial knowledge about machine learning but that mm. tend to be the profile who you're managing meanwhile mm -hmm. you have mm. analysts data scientists and engineering your team how do you go about complete the portfolio well you don't really know the detail of like the knowledge right. has that been a right, challenge right. absolutely yeah i think the 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 transition from manager to from individual contributor to manager like forces you to to like not being in the detail anymore you know like you can't because it's it's not it's even if i wouldn't manage um the three domains let's say or different domains i would i wouldn't still be able to be in the detail because it's just uh, it just it doesn't it, it, it doesn't is not required for the role you know and you have to set the vision for the team and it requires you to think in another level um that not necessarily like allows you to be in the detail so um i think it definitely has been a struggle at the beginning i was like uh struggling between like um yeah getting getting my hands on i was for example sometimes getting my hands on but then realizing like i was delaying a lot the deliverables you know mm -hmm. because i had other things to 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 plan for 
so I, I mean, eventually this is a transition, but eventually uh, when, when you're moving to a manager, I think you, you, you stop being hands-on because you know you're not going to be the best at doing it. And, and probably someone else can do it better. And, and your job is to build that team of uh, rock stars that can, that can really drive the, the efforts forward uh, mm-hmm. better than you. Um, so yeah, um, I think the, the way I manage it, it's by setting goals. I think I understand well the outputs. So what the business value of the outputs of every, of every role, let's say, or, of an analyst, okay. of a data scientist, of, mm-hmm. a, of a BI engineer how the outputs really impact our business and mm-hmm. that's where i i that's where i focus on um, mostly on making sure that the quality of those outputs it's it's of it's of i mean it's of high quality mm-hmm. so that so that uh, the business can can really have have an impact awesome because what you're talking about the output is more product driven right because as i right. understand you're delivering product features and how mm-hmm. do you align that that go strategy within the whole company strategy like how mm. do you layer and prioritize them mm, yeah that's that's definitely challenging i think there's we've tried many approaches i don't think we have a perfect way of aligning these goals because it's it's a company that moves really fast so there's a lot of moving pieces and and a lot of different strategies depending on which department you look at and i think it's the same in any any big company uh, but sometimes I think there, there's two ways. One is top down and another one is bottom up. Let's say it comes, there's, there's initiatives that come from teams, from specific teams on, on domains. Um, and there's also initiatives that come from, let's say from leadership. Uh, and both, both ways work. Uh, I think they, they have different uh, intrinsicacies or different dynamics mm-hmm. um, because top down it's probably more towards market uh, top-down initiatives come from probably market dynamics or uh, the regulation space or M&As or, or these kind of higher business decisions. Mm-hmm. And top-down initiatives come from more from the from improving the way the, the teams work and really focusing on solving customer problems that sometimes the higher, the higher I mean, that are not visible uh, from the leadership, right? Um, so I think we're still struggling. We, we don't have a perfect way of aligning those and sometimes they, they get misaligned. Um, but I think it's about, about visibility and communication with the, with the, the important, uh, stakeholders. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I, and I don't think there's ever a perfect balance. It's no. always like moving back and forth. And yeah. on the other yeah. side, I know that's within your team, but what about outside of your team? You're also collaborating with the product and the, the engineer, how does that work? Because if you think about product management, it's almost this triangle. You have the tech, you have the product, and you have the data. How mm-hmm. is the interaction? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, we, we normally have analysts that are embedded in product teams, okay? Embedded. So that's okay. where yeah so they work so they have two teams right they have their own the, the, their team the domain team uh of a feature or a group of features let's say in the customer app and then they have their kind of home team or like the the, the other analysts in the same mm-hmm. in the same domain right mm-hmm. um so that's 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 the main way of interacting between product managers and data and um yeah i mean product managers are kind of the the, the the these these uh, people that all the product gravitates around 
okay so yeah they, they manage engineers they manage the work of well not not people per se but the products right but they mm -hmm. need to have the inputs and the outputs of all these different profiles and and we are trying to build like cross-functional teams which is kind of the the way of of having better better products um and with engineering we 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 align more on on, on with with the BI engineers, right? Because this 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 is our our uh, the the role on data that is more focused on on delivering the best the best data with the highest quality for for analysts and scientists to use it. Um, mm -hmm. So there's there's definitely a dependency there because engineering uh, software developers are the ones producing the data, right? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, it's it's about understanding how the data is being getting produced to know how you can transform it and 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 manipulate it and and basically aggregate it for for analysts to use it sure um, so yeah and then how big is your team because i know within global mm. you have multiple data science data analysts and engineer sections do you manage yeah. a few of them or is interconnected with the rest of the team of the company yeah so i i manage through team leads now because it's it's getting big it's a 17 people team so there's three teams actually, right? So there's the analysts that are more, mostly closer to product and 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 working with product managers. Then we have the engineers, it's a team of five, four or five that are in at the cluster level at the group of product teams because there's more transversal initiatives there. And, and data scientists are also, also focused on a specific projects um, because they, they, they require a lot of a lot of data science power. Uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of the way it's it's managed. Outside of um, outside of the the cluster, let's say, it's it's a lot of interactions with different with other business units as marketing, for example, and growth. Um, we also have interactions with with machine learning platform, which is a team that supports, and in general, all the platform teams, which are the ones that support us and enable us to. To deliver projects uh, that impact the business so they they have a different kind of role which we are um dependent uh, a bit dependent on them no but um yeah we try to be as autonomous as possible but there's always there's always a bit of dependencies cool cool can you give some example of the features that you delivered that you are the most proud of yeah um so there's two there's one uh, that was more more involved, and then there's another one that it's we're now working. So the first one is the store rating. Um, so back before we had uh, the store ratings that we currently have in Global, the, basically whenever you see a store, you have a thumbs up and a percentage, right? Uh, before that, they they had um, it was it was a very old legacy uh, legacy way of of. Of computing these ratings based on the on the on the rating the users give upon delivery, right? Um, and basically, we took a, a, a like a fresh start. We started first uh, analyzing what was the impact of of having the ratings on the customer experience. So we correlated the clicks with uh, with a with a rating of the store, right? We, we wanted to see, okay, if is is the is the stores that are highly rated. More likely to be tapped on and 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 checked out, right? And we saw no correlation because of it was it was a, a legacy a legacy system, so people didn't really trust that much, trust it. So it was a problem in the calculation, but also in the design because the design was also a bit uh, a bit fuzzy. 
So we worked uh, with, um, we basically we formulated a new way of calculating uh, a bit um, doing a decay factor where the most recent um, ratings would have a bigger weight on the rating. And so it was a whole formula, but also the, it was important the interaction with design and the way we were gonna display it. You know? So we, we said like, okay, this is the new way uh, we should calculate it um, and all these factors and design basically uh, put it in a, in a more pretty way. And now we've seen uh, a, slight, a slightly better impact of, of, of clicks on the, on the, because people see and they, they trust it a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and the other one, which is related to, to this area of the app is the ranking on the store world. So this is, is a project that has been ongoing for almost two years. It's been very challenging because there's, there's, it's a multi-objective optimization problem. Uh, and um, it's basically finding the most relevant and the most fair way of ranking our stores on the world. Um, relevant for the customers and fair for our partners. Because uh, sometimes we put too much weight on conversion, on orders, on revenue, and mm -hmm. we forget about our partners, our long tail partners that also want to be exposed. So yeah. this, is, this is a project we're working on. We're trying to scale it to find a more scalable uh, way of, of displaying worldwide uh, but yeah this is this is something we're working on now mm -hmm. i like how you introduced you use data and analytics in the beginning to test if there's a correlation and what's the current state but when yeah. you decide to roll it out do you design an mvp or you just roll it out 100 mm. percent yeah well that that depends on on the the team but in general we try to go about uh, experimentation i mean about our rollout with experiment. Um, with that, we have different types of experiments. So we have kind of the health checks where we just roll out and we measure um, the metrics that we, we don't want to impact or we don't expect to impact if it's, a, if, if it's not a big change. Um, and, and normally we, we always do A-B tests. For, for this one, for example, it was, a, it was, a, it was an A-B test and, and we tried to measure uh, Precisely this, no, the, the business, the business impact and the and the customer experience, um, and from there, I mean, we decide how to roll it out further. Uh, we do normally an A/B test in different in in a few cities, um, and uh, and then yeah, from from that we roll out. Uh, unfortunately, we we're not there yet in a in a position where we can roll out a different a different app per geography. With I mean we. We know this is this is needed sometimes, but there's there's features that need to that we think are are global and and yeah, that's how we experiment. Cool. And the scope of work you're mentioning about the experiment design and then product testing, how it, did you do it before when you were an analyst, or you do it more now as a managing the team? And how yeah. did that change? Yeah. Well, yeah, I used to do the design of experiments when I was an analyst um, since the beginning, right? Like you start with a question, with a motivation, with, a, with an assumption of a user problem, and then you verify a bit. And yeah, you go through all the statistical design of it, trying to control the, the environment. Now, as a manager, I'm, I'm more involved in how we do the, pro how the process of, of, of doing A-B tests is, is done uh, on the team and also how we prioritize hypotheses to be tested because um, A-B tests are a bit still on our platform are a bit expensive uh, because they require a bit of engineering work and they, they require analysts to design them. So it's very important that we prioritize 
those experiments in the best way. Cool. So when you come up with the test before you were doing it yourself, and now you said you're looking more into the process, have you figured mm. some ways to improve the process? What are some experiences you can mm. share here? Yeah. Um, so definitely standardizing the code we use. Uh, so building building functions that any analyst can reuse. Um, I haven't I, I haven't done them, but driving the, the this this uh, initiative with with team with the team um, has has really speed up the, the process, right? So they don't have to um, repeat the same code over and over again, but we abstract it, we make it reusable, and we standardize and 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 and, and store it in a in a GitHub repo for for people just to consume the, those functions that they can then use, plug the different data data sources. And, and improve the and reduce the time it takes to, to perform an analysis. What framework work are you currently using for let's say A/B testing? Yeah, so we don't we don't use a specific framework uh, for for I mean an industry standard or anything. Um, but we normally we normally use a two-step process. First, we do a minimum detectable effect, uh, and then we we do a stratification of the samples. Um, so then on the design, that, that's kind of the, the more statistical um, details that we, we run. But it's definitely, it's definitely there's, there's another part of, of the non-technical, which is like clarifying the, the hypothesis with stakeholders, right? So because sometimes product managers can fall into the trap of doing an A-B test just for the sake of, of proving that the feature that they, they're building uh, it's it's gonna have the impact they 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 desire, right? Uh, so it's mm -hmm. removing trying to remove that bias is also uh, a challenge for for people working on on A/B tests. Interesting. And as I understand correctly, before you were more involved in the coding part, but now it's more in the communication, overseeing the big picture. Yeah. Uh, but exactly. but on the other side, I see you were teaching at the school B data about behavior and mm. analytics. How mm. did you? Yeah get in touch with this opportunity about teaching and mm -hmm. what aspect of that that you appreciate yeah. and you want to share yeah so yeah it was funny because it was kind of uh serendipity i i was checking instagram one day and they, 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 they these guys were putting a uh um yeah an app and i it was it looked cool to me so i i went on i browsed i i, I saw it was interesting the, the approach they were taking they were Basically, trying to get people that haven't, like, that want to get into the world of analytics, like a door, right, a way of, of educating themselves. Uh, so I reached out to the to the organizers, uh, to the people that run the program, and and yeah, I said like, look, I'm I'm interested in, in teaching. Mm -hmm. um, it also, I think it, uh, I was interested in teaching because I think I, I was feeling I could, uh, up, like, add a lot to, to the community of people that want to move to analytics. And also helped me getting in, getting back to the technical details because the, cla the, the the classes are practical. So there's there's the half of it it's theoretical, but the other half is is really practical. And um, yeah, it, it it allowed me to get back to the to the details and to the code. Uh -huh. I think it's a fascinating aspect right now. No matter like producing content, like writing articles and blogs, mm. or you producing podcasts or teaching is awesome way for you to enhance your knowledge, pass it on, and it's, it's a super great way to 
keep yourself curious and growing, right? But at the other side, it's, it's very time consuming, especially when you're mm. teaching a class. How do you balance yeah. it? How much time do you dedicate to it? Yeah, um, yeah, it has, I mean, I think I've sacrificed a bit some, some weekends for, for it. So yeah, mm -hmm. definitely, it definitely takes time at least to prepare. Luckily, we're, we're doing the same, the same class a couple of times. So I, I have to prepare it once and, and I can reuse it. So I think mm -hmm. it's, we try to, we try to teach some, as, uh, yeah, some themes and, or, or techniques that are kind of, uh, that can be taught that are not that temporal that can be taught many times. Uh, so yeah, I mean, definitely it's, uh, to allocate time, I, I wouldn't say how much, um, I don't know, but, but it, it requires, it requires definitely, definitely uh -huh. some time to, to prepare, to really think about how you're gonna, what are the steps you're gonna guide that students through? Uh, and uh -huh. what are the, the key takeaways you want them to, to, to have at the end of, of the class? Interesting. Can you give a brief highlight overview about what you are teaching? Yeah. Um, so I'm teaching two things. One was digital analytics. Um, this is based on um, basically on 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 e-commerce or on, on e-commerce business. So understanding the funnel, for example, of mm -hmm. of uh, of purchase or of uh, general and e-commerce, for example. So using a lot logs, uh, log information, click stream information to really understand friction points in the, in the, in the funnel, in the, in the behavior, in the experience of the users when, mm -hmm. when they go through a website or an app. Mm -hmm. uh, um, so really that, that was, that was one class digital analytics. So trying to ba basically know how to improve an experience, a digital experience uh, mm -hmm. with data. And the other one was segmentation. So um, also using using logs, uh, but mainly transactional data, um, trying to understand and pass pass purchase behavior, trying to group and understand your users in a in a better way, and and know basically what are the the different behaviors and characteristics they have uh, to basically do two things. One is promotional, more targeted promotional campaigns, and also. Mm -hmm as a base for personalization in, in the, the products you're offering sure. all within the digital the digital products space. Uh -huh. Very relevant. So would you say you actually learned that those knowledge on the job with Global and uh, you yeah. teach them? And that's the process yeah. of teaching enhance your knowledge. What are the benefits you get from it? Definitely. I mean, for example, segmentation, I was, I knew it, uh, mm -hmm. I had looked into it in global, but I hadn't gone in the, in the specific details of how to really measure recency, frequency, these, these kind of factors, uh, that you take into account. Uh, so that teaching it a lot required me to get into the, into the details and mm -hmm. really dive, dive into the, how, how the calculations are done, how the analytical approach is, is done and uh, it definitely definitely helped me understanding more the the details and know what are the key aspects uh, that we um, we that anyone for example doing segmentation needs needs to needs to care about so the data sources how to how to really which data source to use um, and how complex can can the process be so mm -hmm. definitely the, the details are are are, are good uh, yeah, yeah you get from teaching yeah 
and I can see that continuous teaching is super relevant and uh, practical. Like people learn it mm. and they can apply it directly to their business. So, what is the yeah. profile of your students? Yeah. So, the students in general are people that have some interaction with data. Let's say, um, for example, people working in marketing and digital marketing. There's people that have been doing uh, kind of sales in, in digital companies. Um, and overall, it's people that have had some interaction with the data. They're definitely professionals, but uh, that want to enhance their professional, uh, let's say, background and, and, and be more like, uh, skillful on, on, with data because they think it's, it's a skill that will uh, allow them to grow professionally. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's people that have yeah have had some some interaction with spreadsheets with a database maybe doing some simple queries some very, very few of them have had some interaction with with python for example but not not much so the, the course in general gives there's other classes that give also uh an introduction to python in, in general i do it more like on these on these topics okay so yeah so it's people that want to jump into into analytics uh, mm -hmm. because they know they know they can grow with it yeah, it kind of enhances what you said. You want to pass on your trajectory. It's like going into data with analytics. Mm -hmm. It's not that difficult, but it brings huge potential and uh, it really enhances Absolutely. your business understanding. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Fascinating. Absolutely. So it seems that you've been on a trajectory of constantly pushing yourself, learning new things and opening up your like scope of knowledge. What are mm -hmm. the things you are actively learning right now? Yeah. Um, so right now, um, well, I'm I'm learning. Let's say on on, uh, on the technical aspects, I'm 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 learning about multi-objective optimization. Um, maybe maybe not as as deep as a data scientist would need to learn it, but I'm 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 getting I'm, I'm reading some some material about that to be to be a bit more knowledgeable about what how to manage these these trade-offs. Um, because it's it's definitely on a marketplace like global, it's you always have trade-offs, and, and mm -hmm. knowing how to manage them, it's it's very very important. Um, and on the other side, uh, I'm I'm learning a lot about leadership uh, because I I feel that that's a skill like uh, that I need for for my job now as a, as a as a manager as a leader. And definitely, I mean, reading reading some books about personal growth. I mean, even self awareness. Because mm -hmm. I think being self-aware is one of those those meta skills that can be useful for for anything and mm -hmm. and allows you to be a more uh, a better leader. So yeah, yeah. There's there's some things on data engineering side that I'm also learning because I I the, this space evolves so so fast, mm -hmm. uh, which is so it's it's very it's very hard to catch up. So uh, streaming streaming architectures, data mesh. Uh, there's all this this concept of data mesh as an uh, architectural and organizational approach to to data in in, in companies, and uh, the, this is also something something I'm I'm studying a lot because this is kind of the path we're moving forward in terms of of the organization of the data in global as well. Mm -hmm. I can relate quite a lot on that aspect, right? Like leading a team of people who are doing the work that you are not really expert in, but you need to set direction and really understand the pros and cons of the subject matter. You need a certain level of exposure, although yeah. not too deep, but you need to keep yourself updated with the whole portfolio. 
which is absolutely yeah which yeah. is quite exciting in some sense because every day is new concept and then you see the light and direction then on absolutely. the other side about the leadership i guess it comes from your personal experience and you understand the need from your day-to-day -day job what are some challenges that you face that encourage you to like go discover more about leadership and personal growth yeah um so challenges challenges are mainly setting setting for example clear goals clear vision and strategy right mm. um that it's that it's complex um that it's challenging i think it's it's definitely um because you need to balance different different things right there's there's the capacity that you need to understand of your team there's also the business goals there's also the technical some technical debt that you have um so that's that's definitely the the, the, the most challenging one and um and yeah i'm now trying to help the people that are going to lead the teams also be better better uh, leaders for those for those teams right so mm -hmm. um it's, it's it's challenging especially when you move at the at the pace that you move uh in a mm -hmm. company like globo sometimes you leave you leave a lot of technical debts in favor of achieving trying to achieve business goals but then you eventually catches up to you because you cannot scale for example or, or mm. there's things that start to break and and yeah understanding that also how to balance that uh that it's it's very challenging absolutely very interesting then what mm. are the like medium content you're consuming do you read books or website article video courses yeah yeah um so there is an awesome there's an awesome podcast about I think in general, um, business uh, business leadership and uh, and self awareness, I would say, which mm -hmm. is called Farnam Street. Um, it's um, it's it's a uh, it's a guy that interviews a lot of very very cool and successful people, like uh, the CEO of WordPress, for example. Which is a I didn't know about it, but it's kind of the birth. Berkshire had the way of the internet so like 80 oh, wow. 70 percent of the internet runs over over wordpress and this guy is like the ceo of a conglomerate of many different businesses so it's really mm -hmm. cool to see um so this this blog is is, is really interesting um mm -hmm. on on data science i have i have i have recently got into the um into the bias aspect of of data Mm -hmm. And there, there's a cool, cool uh, movie on Netflix which is called Coded Bias. And ah, Coded Bias. Okay. Yeah, that um, I saw it recently. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I think the there's a the towards data science is a very good one. I mean, they always publish mm -hmm. awesome content. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of lot of good publishers. Um, and there's there's also two blog blog posts, holistics, uh, holistics that uh, io. It's a business intelligence company that mm -hmm. actually have they have a really cool blog mm -hmm. um, that I, I I read about. And there's also locally optimistic, which is uh, also a community of of data practitioners and analytics people um, that it's have an awesome blog. Locally optimistic. Locally optimistic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, cool. All right, I'm oh, yeah. taking notes exactly. so we can pass up all the links to the listener in our show notes. And yeah. Cool. Yeah. I'm not getting paid for that, by the way. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I like sure. what they read. 
Uh, I, I like what they, they write a lot. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy the aspect of people sharing their like knowledge consumptions. Then it's from recommendation yeah. is always highly valuable. And thank you yeah. for doing that. Meanwhile, is there any last points that you like to touch upon that we didn't talk about? Um, I've been thinking about uh, how to, um, I think how to get back to, to a little bit on the details because I mean, as a new people contributor, you always miss, miss mm. uh, the technical part. For sure. uh, so yeah, yeah, it's it's about. I think now I'm in, I'm in that in that both learning about leadership, but also not losing the the, coding the technical. Skills. Yeah, my coding skills, my technical, my technical skills. Uh, yeah. Because then I I would feel too. Sometimes I felt too disconnected from 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 what people uh, are actually doing or the technologies how how they are evolving. So mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, that's that's Absolutely. that's my journey now. Cool, cool. Then very, very last, if people want to get in touch with you to further discuss and uh, to mm. learn about you, what's the best media method? Um, email, just shoot me an email. Okay, me we'll also link your email in the show notes so people get, get in touch. Sure. All right, yeah, so yeah. I think that wraps up our episode. Thank you very much, Howell, for sharing your journey and I think this- Thank you. Very fascinating the all the use cases you introduce and the, how the intersection between data and the management can be tricky to balance. And you mm -hmm. shed us a lot of light on that. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tommy. Yeah, super, super cool to to have been here and good initiative on, on, on your side also to interview and 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 do content about data. Thank you. We're really trying to create this community to talk about any aspects of data and also just to share, like have a platform to do that. And mm -hmm. this is yeah. episode 38, Data for Future. We'll see you oh. next time. <laughs> Bye.